SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening and welcome to it. This is SAFM Sports Wrap. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team back again tomorrow at 6pm. My name's Brad Brown with you for the next half hour and we're chatting all things sports. A lot's happening uh, around the globe, particularly here in South Africa as well. Some big, big fixtures coming up for our national teams this weekend and we start with some news out of one of those teams. Rugby World Cup winners J.P. Peterson and Skulk Berger will start Saturday's test in the Castle Lager outgoing tour against England at Twickenham. The five changes to the team are straight swaps between the starting lineup as the Springboks match 23s retained from last weekend. Along with Peterson and Berger, Springbok coach Heineke Meyers handed starts to hooker Adrian Strauss and halfback pair Corbus Reinach and Pat Lambie. Cornell Hendricks, Andre Pollard, Francois Hochart, Tabochum Hoje, and Bismarck Duplessis will start from the bench. Meyers said that the changes were not a knee-jerk reaction following the result in Dublin, but rather in line with the rotational changes he had in mind before the start of the tour. Strauss, Lambie and Peterson all started the Springboks' last test at Twickenham two years ago, while Saturday's match will be Reinach's first test in the starting 15. We'll chat to 1995 Rugby World Cup winner Chester Williams about those selections a little bit later on in this evening's show. Staying with some rugby news, Springbok fullback Vili LaRue and eighth man Dwayne Vermeulen have been named among five candidates today for the IRB World Rugby Player of the Year Award. The other nominees are Irish flyhalf Jonathan Sexton, New Zealand lock Brodie Retallick and wing Julian Sevilla. The winner will be announced later this month. In some football news, Bafana Bafana midfielder Dean Furman says he would be honoured to captain South Africa should coach Sheikh Mashaba come calling ahead of Saturday's Africa Cup of Nations qualify against Sudan in Durban. The England-based player is one of a handful of experienced players in the side who could be considered to replace lane skipper Senzo Mayiwa for the crunch match at the Moses Mabita Stadium. Mashaba said yesterday he would only name a new captain later this week with the announcement expected on Friday. South Africa will qualify for AFCON 2015 on Saturday they beat Sudan and if closest Group A rivals Congo lose to Nigeria. We'll chat to Sean Bartlett later in the show about Bafana Bafana's chances against Sudan this weekend. In some cricket news, former Proteus coach Gary Kirsten has joined the South African team as batting consultant and mentor ahead of their five-match ODI series against Australia, which starts uh, in Perth on Friday. Kirsten will be with the squad for the first four of the one-day internationals of that series. The Proteus come off a 2-1 loss against Australia in the T20 series, which ended on Sunday. And we'll chat to former Protea Andre Nell uh, in this evening's show to chat a little bit about that upcoming series. In other cricket news, a ninth wicket stands uh, of 36 in 14.5 overs between Mark Craig and Ish Soddy delayed Pakistan's victory on the fourth day of uh, their test against New Zealand. But uh, the Kiwis were still struggling on 174 for eight after being set a daunting target of 408 for victory. Pakistan just need two wickets on the final day uh, for a 1-0 lead in the three-match series, while New Zealand still need 306 more runs for an unlikely win on the fifth and final day. Day. Early in the day, Mohammed Hafiz hit an unbeaten 101 to help Pakistan declare their second innings on 175 for two before their bowlers took over and skittled the Kiwi batsmen. In other cricket news, Tamin Iqbal and Umri Kayez smashed centuries in a record opening stand for Bangladesh against Zimbabwe to put the hosts on top at the start of the third and final test earlier today. Tamin scored 109 and Imral made a patient 130 as Bangladesh, hoping to sweep the series 3 0, cruised to 303 for two in their first innings 
innings at Stumps on the opening day in the port city of Chittagong. There is some domestic cricket supposed to be taking place tonight in the Ram Slam T20. The match between the Cape Cobras and the Knights in Pal has been delayed because of rain. And finally, some tennis news. Thomas Burdish has uh, thrashed Marin Cilish 6-3-6-1 today to remain in the hunt for a place in the semi-finals of the ATP Tour Finals. And we'll chat to Chris Bowers next. SAFM Sports Wrap. <coughs> An event not to be missed, the SAFM melting pot of sound under the directorship of Zwei Bala. This is where the classics, gospel, jazz, choral, R&B and hip-hop really meet, featuring the Bala voices, Chepo Cholo, uh, Double HP, an 18-piece orchestra and the Gauteng Opera Choir, to name a few. It's all taking place on the 16th of November. This concert will start at 5pm. Please note that the venue will be the Linda Auditorium, which is 27 St. Andrews Road, Parktown, Johannesburg, and not at the Walter Sula Botanical Gardens due to unfavorable weather conditions predicted by the South African Weather Services. Tickets are 100 Rand for adults, 50 Rand for scholars, and kids under 6 get in free. Book at webtickets.co.za, or if you want to find out more, just get to our website, safm.co.za. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tuned in to SAFM Sports Wrap and the early session at the ATP World Tour Finals for today has concluded. Thomas Burdich was uh, victorious over Marin Cilic. Chris Bowers uh, joins us now. Chris, a uh, fairly easy victory for Thomas Burdich, 6-3-6-1. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, the kind of match that you don't really expect at the uh, at a tournament that has eight of the world's top nine players. It wasn't of great quality. Uh, there was two guys who really were looking for a victory. Uh, Cilic is still really struggling with the pressure since he won the U.S. Open. It's happened to a number of players, especially those who win their first major. Pete Sampras had it when he won the U.S. Open back in uh, uh, 1990. Andy Murray had it. Djokovic had it for a couple of years. And, and certainly that is the problem that uh, Cilic has at the moment. And Thomas Berger, he's just very consistent. He's qualified for this tournament for the fifth year running, uh, only the second check after Ivan Lendl to do that. So he really is consistent. Use that experience to uh, just get the better of Cilic in one six three six one. Yeah, I mean, Thomas Perry says he's, he's very consistent. I mean, you mentioned the fifth time he's played here. Yeah, he's just, uh, he battles, I just get the sense that he battles when, when he gets up against, like, the top four, like a, a Djokovic or a Nadal or Federer. He, 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 I almost get the sense that he, he doesn't believe in himself when he plays against those guys. I think there's a lot in that. I think he's somebody who has been the next, he's been knocking on the door of the big four for a while, and maybe he's starting to think that, the likes of him and Joe Wilfried Tonga and uh, Juan Martín del Potro, who's uh, injured again. Uh, I wonder if they are just beginning to think that they're being eclipsed by the generation that's coming up this year, the Chiliches, the Nishikoris, the Dimitrovs, uh, and even Stan Varenko when the Australian Open. So, um, but on the other hand, he is very consistent from, from uh, Burdish, and he has a remarkable record here. Uh, five times he's qualified, five times he's lost his first match, five times he's won his second match. The variable comes in the third match, and uh, uh, that'll be interesting to see uh, when he plays uh, Novak Djokovic on Friday. Yeah, and speaking of Novak Djokovic, he's in action this evening up against uh, Stanislas Wawrinka. Yeah, and that's the real mouthwater in this. Both of them won 6-1, 6-1 on uh, Monday, and so they're both in great form. 
and uh, this should be a fascinating match and hopefully uh, the first really competitive one of the week having said that it's possible that uh, Djokovic is the world number one will just be too good for Vavrenka I consider that possible but I suspect it'll be a lot closer than a lot of the matches we've had in recent days yeah I think it's going to be an interesting one I mean Djokovic is playing well but he's obviously got a lot going on off the court yeah with a new father but you know he hasn't dropped a set since he became a father so um not that, uh, you know, he, he was joking the other day saying, well, you know, maybe my wife and I should produce more children because it's really good for my tennis. Um, uh, and then quickly backtracked and said, oh, my wife won't thank me for saying that. Uh, he, you know, he, he obviously he's earned enough money that he can afford an army of nannies the way plenty of other top-level um, fathers have been able to do. But it's still, you know, it'll take a fair bit out of him. It'll perhaps deprive him of a bit of sleep. And, you know, if he's had a bad night uh, with his little boy screaming, then you never know. Vavrenka's good enough to take advantage. And Vavrenka had Djokovic's number for a while. And, you know, very, very close match with him at the 2013 Australian Open. And he beat him 9-7 in the fifth at this year's Australian Open. So, you know, he'll at least know that he, he'll believe that he could beat Djokovic. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic match. But then just looking briefly at last night's match, uh, Andy Murray, Milos Raonic, Murray getting through that one. Yeah, I mean, I think Murray got his tactics right. He did what uh, Roger Federer did against Raonic on Sunday. He uh, got as many serves back as he could, but in particular went for the backhand. And Raonic at times, because his back, his forehand is so much bigger than his backhand, he runs around his backhand a lot. That's understandable. A lot of players do. But I think Raonic does it too much. And uh, once or twice, uh, he was just getting caught in, in no man's land, way out of court. And, you know, if you, if you get yourself into a position where you need a big forehand, you, 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 if you're so far out of court, you have to hit a winner. That puts more pressure on you. So he was either making mistakes or he was leaving the court completely open for Murray. And uh, that's where Raonic really has to work on his game. He needs a much better backhand if he's to make the next move up from uh, ranked between 5 and 10 to being ranked in the top 5. Chris Bell, thank you for that. And don't forget, you can get a wrap of that tennis action tomorrow morning. Find out exactly what happened between Stanislas Vavrinka and Novak Djokovic. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name's Brad Brown. Uh, gee, um, um, just all our national teams in action this week, talking rugby, cricket uh, and uh, football on the show this evening. And it's time to shift our focus to some cricket. The Proteas are in Australia. They've just wrapped up their T20 series, uh, losing it narrowly 2-1. And the one-day series kicks off. First one at the Wacker on Friday morning, early hours of Friday morning. Uh, former Protea Andre Nell joins us now. Andre, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Thanks for, for your time this evening. How's it, Brad? How are you doing, man? Thanks yeah. for um, giving me a call. <laughs> Fantastic, Andre. Uh, exciting one-day cricket uh, again down in, in Australia. I love it when we play the Aussies. There's just this intensity in that series. The T20 series, before we look at the one-days, you can't read too much into that. It was a, a very, very young team. I mean, we did well in the first one, obviously got hammered in the second, and it was it was fairly... It's probably closer on the results in the third than it should have been. We shouldn't have got that close. Our batting performance let us down. But we can't take too much out of that heading into this five-day, one-day, uh, five-game, one-day series, right? Um, I don't think so. I think um, it's a big experimental time for Saskia this moment, just to try and to see who will be ready for the World Cup. So they're using the T20 sometimes to give a guy experience, give him exposure, um, playing against the bigger size, getting used to playing in Australia because that's where the World Cup's going to be. Uh, uh, in 2015, so um, it's good experience for them, but um, I don't think so. I think all experienced guys are back, AB's back, Ashton Amla's back, and just having the guys with experience and knowing what to do in pressure situations uh, makes a big difference. So um, 
I think it will be a, quite a big difference um, in the one-day side coming up on Friday. You talk about the experience, guys, back. Uh, JP Dumini coming home with that uh, recurrence of that knee injury of his. That's going to be a bit of a loss for Han Din staying on. Uh, but JP is, has become quite a, a sort of vital cog in that Proteas uh, wheel at the moment, isn't it? I think so. He certainly sorely missed because um, he gave, gave AB an option of a few overs also. And now all of a sudden, that option of the spin option is not there. But luckily, I think the, uh, the first is the wacker, so it should be quite quick and bouncy. It's a wicket that all fastballers look forward to ball on. Um, it's quick, but if you miss the length, you could also quite, um, fetch quite a lot. So it'll be quite exciting the first game. I tell you, he sorely missed, but then also it gives opportunity to see the other guys that's there to stand up and be counted. You, you give a chance to Ryan McCann, hasn't bowled as well the last two, few games he, he's played. Um, so there's other options also. Bayardin can also bowl, but guards are going to stand up and counter to stand up and um, try and get those overs in that uh, JP Nomi bowled. Andre, I find it quite interesting that we're playing the first two of these uh, five matches in Perth. Uh, it's a pitch that probably, I mean, if you look at our attack, we, we've obviously got Dale Stain, there's Mornay Morkel. We've got a fantastic pace attack. Marshanta Lang is staying on as well. So from a, a, a quick bouncy attack, uh, we've got some great bowlers. The first two games in a five-match series are vital. Those pitches at the WAC would probably suit us, I reckon, more than it does the Aussies. It's an interesting decision for us to play the first two games there. It probably favours us, I think. Um, I think it could, but also you must understand, they've got Johnson's back, you've got um, the young sets back and back from injury now. I can't remember his name now. He's just recently played in the 20 ball really, really well. Um, so they also got a quite decent quick attack, so... It'll be quite exciting. It, it is quite changing and a good favour. But also our batters have to stand up and be counted because um if those two if the bowlers of Australia bowls bowls well and he plays well, uh the tough stones for our, our batters. Um yeah, I think it's gonna be closer than what you think uh, when it comes to the, the PR pace attack uh challenge against each other. Yeah, and there's, there's lots of South Africans in Perth too. I think Skolt Berger says he quite likes playing in Perth because it feels like Bloemfontein by the sea. Yeah, I know. Uh, there's also quite a lot of batteries there. They, um, they immigrate quite quickly to Australia, and, and Perth is quite a lot like um, like South Africa. Everything's the same. You feel quite home. So it'll be quite nice for the guys. They'll feel welcome, and, and we'll be made quite welcome in, in Perth. I'm sure as well. Ten games to go before the World Cup. You mentioned uh, that it's been held in Australia and New Zealand next year. Not lots of time for Russell Domingo to, to sort of experiment and try different combinations. He, he should be really firming up who, who's going to be the, the starting eleven heading into that World Cup about now, isn't he? Um, I think so. It's just sort of finalising the squad and trying to give different options and different um, ideas and different game plans you want to try and uh, do during the World Cup. But I think they should be quite sure who their side's going to be. There might be one or two changes or surprises if the guys do well in the, the local games, but um, I think 90, 95% of that side's in victory. So it's just like Macy basically playing for two positions at this moment, I think. Andre, these, these tours are, are, are good fun when you're on them, I'm sure. And we, we're in the middle of, of Movember, and, and I think some of the pro tours are going to be uh, sort of sporting moustaches for the rest of the month. But I want to know, obviously, a lot of these tours, people do some weird things with their hair. We, we're even trying to figure out, what's Wayne Parnell doing with that hairstyle of his? Um, I think it's probably no comment. Eh? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not too impressed with the haircut, but uh, every person, for whatever you want to do, it's... Maybe he's more fashionable, fashionable wear than I am, so I don't know. 
it's quite strange for me, but um, yeah, it's probably probably better to say no comments on that. Andre Nal, as always, fantastic chatting. I uh, look forward to catching up again soon. Thanks for your time. All right, keep up, uh, see you soon. SAFM Sports Wrap. This is SAFM Sports Wrap and a vital, vital weekend coming up for Bafana Bafana in action. The next of their AFCON 2015 qualifiers. And uh, it's a great pleasure to chat once again to former Bafana Bafana player Sean Bartlett. Sean, welcome onto the show. Uh, it's exciting weekend for Bafana in store uh, with a great opportunity to qualify. Yeah, good, good afternoon and thanks once again for having me on the show. Yeah, it's, it's another great opportunity. Um, I think it's important. Uh, like I keep saying, we've always got to just, uh, be concerned about what we can control and what's in our hands. And we've got a home game, so we need to make sure we get the three points and not become uh, worried or too concerned about anything else. Yeah, Sean, you make a very important point. I mean, so often the last few years in these sort of qualifiers, we've, we've been relying on other teams beating this one yeah. and results going our way. But we're in a situation for the first time in a long time where if we pick up the points that are on offer, we, we're going to, to the AFCON. Yeah, we have not been in this position, like you said, in, in quite a long time. You know, we've almost got one foot already in the tournament. We are leading the way, so we just got to make sure we continue and, and finish off uh, what we started. I think Shakes has obviously turned the fortunes around and with the results and performances. Um, but I think also importantly is, is for Bafana Bafana to put in a good performance. Uh, I don't think we've scored a, a goal at home yet uh, in the qualifiers, so I think it would be nice if they can get a 2 or 3 no, uh, victory on Saturday. Yeah, it's so strange. I mean, the coach has said uh, he actually prefers playing away from home. He feels there's less pressure. Uh, let's hopefully we yeah. can put the ball in the back of the net uh, this weekend. Sean, obviously it's been a, a very sort of uh, tumultuous couple of weeks for, for yeah. South African football. Uh, the squad's together now with, with obviously without Senzo Miyua. How must those players in that squad be dealing with this? It, it must be a tough time for them. Yeah, I think it's obviously, like you said, it's a very difficult time. Uh, it can be traumatizing and... I'm just hoping um, that the players will use that game uh, as part of the motivation, uh, but not the sole purpose for the result. Um, I think uh, once we get the victory, you, you, I think they can dedicate it to Senzo and obviously what he's done for the national team, but also not to lose focus so much and try and play for Senzo and forget about playing for the result. Uh, we've seen it in the World Cup with uh, the result, trying to get the result for Neymar and actually forgetting they need to get a result in order to advance. And I think that sometimes can be very, very tricky for players. So use it as part of the motivation, but uh, not the sole purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Sudan, we, we had a, a pretty comfortable victory uh, away from home. They're obviously going to come yeah. here fighting hard to, to pick up points. Yeah. Where, where do you think they pose the biggest threat, Sean? I'll, I'll be honest with you, Brad. Uh, I watched that game, and I know we, we won convincingly, but I think there was quite a few moments in that particular game where we were under a lot of pressure. And I think uh, the one thing we did good in that game was we handled the artificial pitch better than they did. And I believe they're going to come here gun blazing. And uh, I think so think the, the, the surface at Moses Mabida will suit them. And we just need to make sure we kill them off uh, quite quickly because we're going to allow them to stay in the game as long as possible. It's going to keep pressure on us, but also we know what type of uh, a crowd we do get in, in South Africa. We don't score or 
you don't get to that early goal, I think the players will put themselves under a lot of pressure. Yeah, the pressure will definitely, definitely mount. It's been a, a fascinating week just watching what's happening in that squad. Uh, mm. Coach Sheikh Mushaba not happy with that Maymer Shlangu making himself yeah. not available. What's your take on that, Sean? You've been in that position. You've obviously played yeah. uh, overseas. It, it, it's difficult having, having that balance where you, you're playing for a club where you're making a fair uh-huh. amount of money and having to come back and, and play for your country. But surely playing yeah. for your country is such an honor you want to do it? Yeah, no, you know, uh, unfortunately we only have five minutes on the radio show, but uh, this is something that can go on for, for, for hours and hours. Um, as much as I do agree about being patriotic and, and honored playing to the country, uh, there's a lot of players that will tell you all the difficult uh, things they have to go through in order to get to the national team. And, you know, it's, it's, I think sometimes also things were done uh, a little bit hastily and decisions were made. Um, because we had the same scenario uh, in June where 14 players declined playing for national team and nothing was done or said to them. So uh, I think it's a, it's a very, very uh, small, uh, fine line as to uh, how you're going to treat certain situations. And they've obviously set a precedent now as far as future situations are concerned. They're going to have to maintain that. But, um, yeah, uh, declining uh, uh, a call-up letter to go to a national team is never easy. Um, you don't always want to do it. But players also need to uh, take things in perspective as far as getting paid by the clubs. Yeah, I think that's a very important point you make there, Sean. And, and we're having a similar issue in, in tennis in South Africa with Kevin Anderson, who who yeah. is obviously making money on the world circuit to come back and play mm-hmm. Davis Cup tennis. It's a, it's a difficult call. And at the end of the day, yeah. the players are making a livelihood out of their body. If they if they get injured in a national game, uh, yeah. they, they're not going to make money with their club. Uh, and you know, unfortunately, I was in the same position. Uh, in 2002, we qualified for the World Cup. I tore my Achilles in the AFCON. I was out for nine months. I never got a call from Salfa. I never got a, I never paid to my frigidity. My club did all of those things for me. And then you've got to ask yourself, where's the loyalty? So, um, it's a very fine line. And you have also got to respect, uh, the players' opinions and the deals from their clubs. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's such a difficult one, and, and I understand where the players are coming from, but I understand where the coach is coming from, too. I mean, it, it must be difficult from a coach's perspective, building and trying to qualify for a tournament like this, and, and yeah. players in the squad are cherry-picking which games they want to play. Yeah, like I said, I think when it comes to qualifying games, every player wants to be part of it, because ultimately, if you're not going to be part of it, the chance of you being in the, in the squad for the tournament itself is very, very slim. So I think it's honestly something that made Mishlangu really seriously considered, and, and that's why they came to that decision. But uh, you want to have your best players available for every game. And I'm pretty sure Shakes had, had his plans also uh, in order uh, in order to use money for this particular game. So I've got to readjust and uh, see which players you can use. Without a doubt. Sean, time to put your, your neck on the block. Which way do you see it going this weekend? Uh, I'm hoping and I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, Bafana will get a win. Um, so I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory. Love your work, Sean Bartlett. As always, great chatting. Thank you for your time, and we look forward to catching up again soon here on SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks a lot, Beth. Take care. Cheers, man. SAFM Sports Wrap. You tune into SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, Big Test Rugby, coming up this weekend to the Springboks in action uh, against England. A uh, pretty decent England side, too. They were uh, they lost narrowly to New Zealand this past weekend uh, at Twickenham, and the box are going to have their hands full of that, I've got no doubt. It's great to welcome back onto SAFM Sports Wrap this evening, former Bok winger Chester Williams. Chester, welcome onto the show. Thanks for your time this evening. First of all, our condolences uh, to you for, for the passing of Tennis Lenny. I know you, you two are very, very close. 
Yes, uh, thank you for the support and thank you to everybody that was there to support the families. And uh, yes, it went off very well for everybody and uh, we, uh, I think he's in a better place now, And but we all will miss him. Yeah, absolutely. Chester, exciting weekend for Springbuck Rugby in store this weekend. Uh, England that doesn't get much bigger. I mean, obviously New Zealand and Australia are two sort of traditional foes, but as far as the Northern Hemisphere goes, England's the big one up north, isn't it? Yes, I don't think it's exciting weekend for South Africa. I think it's going to be emotional and a more pressure weekend for us because we lost against Ireland and this week we've, the expectation is much higher and bigger because we want them to beat the English, not not only beat them, we want them to beat them convincingly. Just, just looking at uh, the squad, Heineke May announced today five changes uh, to the team that lost to Ireland last weekend. J.P. Peterson back in the starting 15, so is Skulk Berger. They, they've made quite an impact off the bench, and, and they should make quite an impact starting too. Well, it's always a different sort of game plan. Game plan, you know, if you, if you start and if you come off the bench, it depends on the situation. And when you when you come off the bench, and this time they start with the the team is under pressure to win, so it's going to be a pressure game from the start. Uh, and England will, will obviously think that they got a good chance of beating us after they what uh, they what they played against Australia, New Zealand last weekend. But to be honest, I think uh, when we emotional, when we play for on and our pride, that's a different team, you know. So I think that is exactly what's going to happen this weekend. We will play play with pride and honour, and we will definitely give um, uh, England uh, the hiding, but we will probably beat them with six points. Just, uh, I'm interested, these five changes, I mean, it was the same team that beat New Zealand in, in, the, in our last Castle Rugby Championship match that started against Ireland. Obviously, we lost, so, so that was disappointing. Do you think five changes are, is, is quite a bit? Or, or I mean, Heine Kamei was saying at the press conference today, it's not knee re, a knee-jerk reaction, it's more rotational changes. Do you agree with him, or, or do you sense that there might be a bit of panic from him? Well, if you know, if you make five changes, that shows, a, it shows that there are a bit of a panic that you, uh, you want to obviously win the next game. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, and it's, and yes, it's just to say, you know, making some changes in a team, it is difficult to get a team together in, and especially after they haven't played, uh, for five to six weeks and played the first game against Ireland, they lost, and now they make another five changes. It's going to be a lot of pressure on the players and, uh, and, and the team itself to, to fit into the, the, the style of play they want to play against England. I mean, that England side this past weekend against New Zealand, they were very, very good. They came close to beating the All Blacks. Uh, would they have looked at the Ireland-South Africa game from this past weekend? Because Ireland were, were tactically very astute, particularly at the lineouts, also with their tactical kicking. Could we see the same sort of tactics employed by England this weekend? I would say yes, because you know, but I think the, big, uh, the biggest difference between uh, the Irish and uh, the South Africans was at the tackle ball, the ruck. And that's they, they they slow down our ball, they, they disrupt us there, they get a turnover against us, and that's what we normally do against uh, the opposition. And England will definitely look at that area of the, of the field because uh, obviously um, they know that we once we get our get our foot or our momentum from there, we are we are affected to any team in the world. I mean, we, we've obviously got a very strong uh, loose forward pack and, and breakdown, like you say, is, is somewhere where we've dominated. Two of the changes that Heineke May has made is at, at number nine and fly half, uh, with Francois Hochart and, and Andre Pollard moving to the bench, Kubis Reinach and Pat Lambie in the starting 15. Do you think that's going to make much of a difference from our playing patterns to what we've seen over the last couple of games? There are definitely it's, it's, it's different, definitely different type of players. Uh, the number nine, obviously, we know that uh, um, he loves to the, he loves to play the ball, he loves to run with the ball. He's not the best tactical kicker. I mean, uh, so Reinach will definitely 
pass and play a little bit more. And uh, the same with Pat Lambie. Pat Lambie can kick tactically very well, uh, but he's more of a running flyer. So um, it might be a different ball game for, for, for this week. It all depends on what our forwards gonna, is going to do because they must dominate to enable those two plays to, preserve, uh, to, to dominate the game from me. The other change that I, I didn't mention was obviously Adrian Strauss coming in for, for Bismarck Duplessis number two. And the interesting thing is Strauss, Lambie and Peterson all started uh, the test at Twickenham two years ago when we beat England. Yes, maybe that's what he's thinking about. I mean, those guys got confidence beat, I mean, obviously beating England uh, two years ago. So, uh, and they're thinking exactly the same uh, way they want to play against England. And, uh, you know, and surely the coaches know by now already when uh, they play so often against each other, so they will know what type of game plan and how they want to go to this game against England. And uh, with those two at number nine and ten, and under Hunter Strauss, um, that, that, that hooker won't, won't disappoint because he's proven over the years that how good he is, especially this season, great form. And, uh, uh, he scums well, he plays well, he can steal the ball and he can run with the ball. So, um, um, JP has obviously been always instrumental with the Springbok team. He won't let us down, very experienced. So, he will definitely uh, also uh, come to the, to the party. Yeah, and let's not forget JP uh, Peterson and Skoltberger, both World Cup winners as well. So, uh, lots of experience coming into that starting 15. Chester Williams, as always, wonderful chatting. Thank you for your time this evening and we look forward to catching up again soon. Thank you so much, man. Bye.